Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. We were there in the NICU with Faith for four months. They were telling us she could have cerebral palsy, she could have retardation, she could have lung damage, she could have eye damage. She came out on one medication. Now she's 28 years old today, three-sport athlete. She's a search engine optimizer for a web company. Wow. She's done fantastically well. So we really feel it was a miracle from God. And the nurses feel the same way. Imagine at the birth of your child being told by a doctor to hold your baby and keep that baby warm until the baby passed on. Well, that's exactly what happened to today's guest. But the end of the story is happy. We're joined today by Bob Kretsch. At just 23 weeks, his wife Karen gave birth to their baby girl, and she weighed just 450 grams, which is four grams less than a pound, and she was not much bigger than her dad's hand. Today on Connections, Bob will share with us his journey, his story, and he'll talk to us about his book, A Little Faith, A Father's Miracle Story, Faith, Love, and a Micro Preemie, and why he decided to put this book together. We're joined today by Bob Kretsch. He is the author of A Little Faith, A Father's Miracle Story of Faith, Hope, Love, and a Micro Preemie. Your story is unbelievable. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey um, and leading up to the birth of your daughter. Sure. So the um, story really begins November of 1992. And I was a teacher. I had the day off. I was home, um, really just lazing around the family room with my son, Andrew, who was two. Uh, My wife, Karen, was 22 weeks pregnant, so just a nice, easy, quiet morning. Uh, Karen left the room, um, went to the bathroom, came back, and said there was just some blood. So we figured, let's call the doctor, and we did. He said, yeah, it's not unusual. Come on in. We'll take a look. So that afternoon, we went over to the doctor's office. Uh, Karen met with the nurse, and the nurse said, you know, you look great. Your weight's really good. How are you feeling? Karen said, I feel great. She said, just some little bit of blood. She goes, all right, well, let's let's do an exam. So she hooked her up to a monitor, and then she just kind of stopped and said, are you feeling any contractions? And Karen said, no. She goes, because it looks like you might be having some. Let's get the doctor in here. So he came in immediately, did an exam, and just said, "Um, you are having contractions, and you have begun to dilate. So let's go in my office. just want to talk to you for a minute. So we went in, and he said, okay, you got to be honest, guys. It looks like this baby is going to be born real soon, probably within a week. And... It it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like this baby will be born alive. So prepare yourselves. Right now, I want you to go directly to the hospital. They're ready for you. I'll meet you there. So we went to the hospital. Long story short, they were able to buy us another two days. And then on that Sunday afternoon, Karen's water broke. We're in a delivery room and just waiting, trying to figure out what what to do, what's going to happen. The baby was born and she was alive, which was just a miracle, just a thrill. Um, But she was the smallest thing I'd ever seen. She could fit in the palm of your hand. Um, 
she was whisked away by the nurses, surrounded by machines. And the neonatologist came over to Karen in the bed and said, Karen, how are you doing? Karen said, I'm fine. How's the baby? She goes, well, your baby is very small. She's under a pound. She's not breathing on her own. Uh, We're keeping her going with machines at this point. And uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to hand her to you, let you hold her, keep her warm as she passes on. So we were shocked. Um, I think I blurted, you're kidding. And she said, no, babies like this don't make it. So we we said, you're not even going to try. And at that point, she just kind of looked at us and said, all right, I'll take her down to the NICU at, at your direction. We said, yes, let's do it. So she went back, um, took the baby, everything whisked out of the room. And uh, Karen was taken back to her room. I eventually went to the NICU, but on my way there, I saw Karen's obstetrician. And I said, you know, she's the baby was born alive. And he said, yeah, but don't get your hopes up. This does not look good. So when I went in to the NICU, I saw the neonatologist again, and she said, you know, she's not breathing on her own. She's getting 100% oxygen, keeping her heart and lungs going by machine. Her blood levels were all over the place. Um, She said, but she's hanging in there. She's a fighter. Um, We just have to keep praying. At that point, I was, I love the woman uh, because she was praying for my child and I was praying, but they were almost like wishes. Um, you know, I went to church, but I was not close to God. I really didn't study the Bible. Um, I knew very little about my faith. Um, so we were discharged, and to you know, I was praying at home and just desperately praying and saying, "Please save her." Please make her okay. And I didn't feel like I was getting an answer. I didn't feel connected. Um, It seemed aimless. And when I stood up from the bed and I looked out the back window, all of a sudden, two fragments of verses dropped into my head. I wasn't trying to think of verses. I didn't read the Bible, but I must have heard pieces of verses at church. And they just stuck. And here they were. It wasn't like a voice. They were just there. And one was, have faith as a mustard seed. And the other was, knock and you will be answered. And I remember thinking, these are, this is important. This is from God, I think. And I only had one Bible in the house and I'd never read it. So I was leafing (laughs) through it, trying to find these verses. I had no idea where to look. (laughs) Fortunately, I had a friend who was at seminary and I called him. And I figured he must know. And he knew right away, you know, this is in Matthew. And he gave me the verses and I took them and I knelt down again. And I began to pray around those verses, just saying, you know, God, these sound like promises from you. And I'm claiming those promises now. So, you know, let your will be done, but please help me. And uh, all of a sudden I felt a peace. For the first time, I felt like God's with me, and he's with my daughter. Uh, So that was a tremendous turning point in my faith, in my whole life. You know, it's made a 
fantastic difference for us all. Um, in fact, the next night, we had had some bad news that morning. Uh, the neonatologist said, uh, fate's not having a very good morning. And I said, what does that mean? She said, well, her potassium's really high. We can't bring it down yet. Um, if it keeps going this way, um, we'll lose her. Her heart will stop. So I remember, again, praying on those verses. But that night, I had a dream. And I'm not like a dreamer person unless somebody's chasing my dream. I don't, I don't dream about the future. But in this dream, I was in the NICU, and I was near my daughter's warmer. And there was a nurse there, just this one nurse, and she was dressed in an old-fashioned nurse's outfit with a high white hat. And it was a feeling of warmth and light around her. And I remember coming near her, but I, I knew I felt should get too near. And she just said, Faith is going to be all right. And I just felt this comfort. And I said, thank you. And when I woke up the next morning, I still had that feeling of warmth and comfort, like she's going to be all right. And I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want people to think, oh, he had a dream. Everything's going to be fine. Um, but again, I felt that was another sign from God. I felt like he was reaching out and reassuring me. So, you know, we were there in the NICU with Faith for four months. Um, and they you know, were telling us she could have cerebral palsy, she could have retardation, she could have lung damage, she could have eye damage. She came out on one medication. You know, she's 28 years old today. Wow. Um, Three-sport athlete. She's a search engine optimizer for a web company. Wow. She, she's done fantastically well. So we really feel it was a miracle from God. And the nurses feel the same way. Why uh, put a book together and why share this story? Why is it so important to get this out to people? Yeah, and I've always been a writer. Um, but all my books I write for teachers and children. Um, and I've been trying to write this book for years and going back and forth because I felt, you know, here was something God did for me and we're supposed to share our light. And here's this tremendous miracle. And if I'm a writer, maybe I should use those gifts to help share that. And uh, last fall I was trying to finish it up and I came across uh, Psalm 96, three in, in the new living translation. It says publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Wow. So, I figured that was reason enough. Uh, God is definitely trying to get to you in multiple different ways. It's very interesting to hear your story. For others who are maybe in the situation as they're listening, have a baby in uh, the NICU or the NICU, and they're sitting there without the hope and without that faith that you had, what would you say to them? I would say, you know, be encouraged and turn to God. You know, he wants us to turn to him for help and to draw close to him. Um, so that piece, you know, go to your faith. But then the other piece that's important that we learned was that it's important to be part of your child's care. You know, at first we thought the nurses 
would want us out of the way, not touching the baby, not, you know, coming near, but, you know, they were like, no, it's good. Come talk to the baby, touch the baby, hold the baby, because research shows they do better when their parents interact with them. They actually know your voice from in the womb. So it's comforting to them and it makes them actually gain weight and get stronger. That That's what research shows. So be part of their care. Um, in fact, at the end of this whole thing, when we were leaving the hospital, uh, the nurses and the doctors gave a little party. And uh, I was talking to one of the nurses and I just thanked her for everything they did, um, their care and their love. And she said, well, you know, you guys are a big, part of this too and then I, I realized God used us all right he used the nurses the doctors but he also used the two scared parents <laughs> do you find through your experience that you were even able to impact some of the nurses and the doctors with your faith yeah I think so uh, in fact there was one point where I felt I felt I should really share my faith a little bit more as this process was going on. And I wrote down a couple of verses on index cards and I put them in her incubator. And I remember coming to the nurses saying, is it okay if I put these up? And they're like, Oh yeah, sure. So I put them up and uh, you know, they remembered that. And I think, you know, they, they experienced the miracle too. And in fact, now a lot of them have read the book and uh, have said, yeah, this this was a miracle. Wow. Um, now, speaking of miracles, you had your miracle turn into something amazing. Your daughter ended up becoming a very healthy young lady. What about those who are praying for that miracle, but that miracle doesn't happen? You guys have been through miscarriages as well, so you understand that pain. Um, tell us what you would say and what, what, what words you have for them. Yeah, that was one of the things, one of the, part of the process for me. Being in the NICU for the four months, we met a lot of people who had babies there who didn't do as well as faith and some who passed away. And I remember once being in the hospital chapel and I walked in and there was a, a young mom, a teen mom and her mom, you know, clutching the altar, praying, um, crying. And I knew their son and I knew he just continued to decline and have all kinds of problems. And I left the chapel that day thinking, why us? You know, why are we, why is faith doing so well? And their baby is not. And I actually, I went to the scriptures and I went to some of the books that I had um, and came away with, you know, God's ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Um, we can't know. You know, we can only draw close to him and know he'll hear us and that his plan, even when it doesn't seem to make sense to us, if we trust in him, um, he'll he'll have good come out of it for us in the end. Um, even if it's just shifting our perspective and bringing us closer to him. Now, going back to your book, how does your daughter feel reading her own story um, all these years later? How has this impacted her and her faith? Yeah, she actually read the manuscript last fall when I was finally done and going to press. And 
her first reaction was, wow, I didn't know all this happened. <laughs> she didn't know all the details, and um, but she was pretty amazed by it. And so after she finished it, I said, well, you know, I'd like to know your thoughts about it. So would you write the afterword to the book? So she did. She wrote the afterword. And uh, then I got some good insight on how she felt. And her big takeaway from this was she felt like she'd been given a chance that a lot of other people did not get. And she felt that that was really a gift and that she needs to give back, you know, to use her life in some meaningful way to help others because of what she's been given. 2020 is definitely a year where a book like this needs to be out and read. Who are you hoping to reach with this book? I think anybody who's looking for hope and encouragement, whatever the circumstances, you know, not just a premature baby, although it's, it's good for that specific group, but really anybody who, who needs, you know, that kind of um, impetus to, to go to God and look to him for that faith and comfort because he will give it. For people who want to learn more about you, want to learn more about your book, how can they go about doing that? Uh, beliefbooks.com uh, has a lot of information about me and the book and the background. Um, one of the things about the book is that all the proceeds from the book are donated to charities. Um, I felt like, you know, I, this was God's story. I couldn't really profit by it. Um, and there's a list of the charities on that website on beliefbooks.com. And you can read about charities and follow links to their websites too. Wow. That is an awesome addition to everything that you're doing. That's so cool. Uh, I want to go back to one thing. Um, you said that a lot of the doctors and the nurses that were caring for your daughter have had the opportunity to read the book. What were their thoughts from, have you, have you had a chance to talk to any of them um, and get their response? I have heard from some of them through Facebook and uh, they've, um, they're, they're very excited about it. Uh, I had to change the names of the nurses for the book because I wasn't able to reach everybody and I wanted to respect people's privacy, but they, they know who they are <laughs> <laughs> just from kind of the description of specific instances and such. And they've been very supportive. Um, really, really thankful for the book and, I'm glad to get some recognition to and to have been part of that whole journey with us. And what's amazing me most about this too is just how you went from uh, a man who didn't really know the Bible, didn't really have any faith to this man that is sharing the word now. Yeah, that's been a big change for me. I wouldn't have predicted it all those years ago. In fact, even writing the book over the years, I felt like, you know, I'm not, I'm for lack of a better word, I'm not worthy to do this. But I was reminded, you know, you've been given certain gifts. You know, you've been a writer. Um, I should use those gifts to share God's glory. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And thank you so much for joining us today and for listening. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.